0: What's up everybody, welcome to They Call Me Mr. U and I'm your host Mr. U. No need to pinch yourself guys, it's not a dream, you have made it to the weekend. Lock it down, I'm your coach and your host, Mr. U! Ha! Yeah! Yeah! Get those helmets on. Get those pads on. Strap up, guys. We're breaking chains today. Wow. We finally here, guys. Made it to another week. Thank you so much for all your support on our social media platforms, all the private messages just want to say thank you, guys. You've been supporting us big time on the blog and the podcast, and we just appreciate it very much. Thank you for all the love on the CallMeMrU.com. We really appreciate it, guys. Please keep it coming. Keep the support coming, and please keep subscribing. And by all means, please keep sharing. We're hearing a lot of great things. You know, one of the segments that... We used to have on one of my old blogs, Mirror Time with Mr. You, was a segment called The World Outside Your Window. It was about two years ago that we started that weekly segment. We were discussing lead stories, trending topics, just things that were relevant to you and, and your reaction to it. That's what it was. Now, the reason why it was, was to be honest, it was born out of my frustration. I was constantly on my social media. I was seeing a lack of compassion, a blatant ignorance to the suffering and the needs going on around us. I'm not talking about globally or nationally. I'm talking about right in our own proximity, right in our own hood, in our own neck of the woods, if you will. People that were hurting and going through and it just seemed like there was a collective closing of the eyes it just seemed like there was a collective plugging of the ears. Like nobody seemed to care. After all that's going on in 2020 so far, you know I still seen a lot of that. I would say some progress was made, but generally speaking, sometimes I still kind of see that. I see that closing of the eyes and the plugging of the ears. And the world outside your window was, my way of allowing us to have an interactive safe space to talk about these issues and see if perhaps we can make some headway in recognizing what our own personal responsibility is in this. I think that's the area that oftentimes we miss, especially on our social media, especially in our interactions with friends and family and people in our social circles. We don't think about what our part is. We think we're independent of all this stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with us. It doesn't affect us. It's not our problem. Until it hits our doorstep. Until it touches one of our children or one of our relatives or somebody that we care about. Somebody we're connected with. Then we're involved. And sometimes honestly, that's kind of late. We should care anyway because we are all humans. We're A member of the only race that matters, the human race. And these things hurt one of us. So theoretically, emotionally, we should care about this. That's just my take. Have you ever heard the sounds of homelessness? Have you ever heard the sounds of domestic violence? Where I come from in New York City, we were taught directly or indirectly to mind our own business. There are many times that there were bodies sprawling out in the middle of the sidewalk and people would walk over it on their way to whatever, whatever it was they had to do on their way to their destination. they will step over you to get where they have to go. That may not be simply a New York thing. It may happen in Chicago and Los Angeles and other places too. I don't know. But that was just my experience And I think We still do that today Where we live Where we live, work and play We still do that today We step over people who are in need People who are in trouble There are plenty of times In my growing up That I would hear The cheerful Muffled cries Through my bedroom wall in the middle of the night I can look across the street and see a closed curtain and two silhouettes, one large silhouette, lifting their hands and striking down the smaller one as they crumble to the floor. I've seen that. People who are just without hope, hoping somebody will put just a little bit of money into their cup. I've seen this. I'm not trying to tug on your heartstrings and make you do anything that you don't want to do, but the world outside your window, that's what that was for. To encourage us, to inspire us, to look outside of what the local news media may be sharing with us, or in some cases, force feeding us. Look outside of our window. Look at where we are. Look at what we ignore. Look at what we walk past. Even on your social media. The issues and the posts that you don't want to deal with, you run and you hide from them. But we have a responsibility. You know, there's something just twisted and perverse about a person who jumps up and down, screams for their right to do blank. But they can ignore the cries of hurting people right in their midst, right where they live, right in their proximity. Within their sphere of influence where they have the ability and the resources to help but they won't. I'm not talking about socialism man. I'm just talking about peopleism. I'm just talking about a human responsibility. Just a side note that clean water issue that happens in our country this great country called America The toxic dumping issue, the children in cages issue, that stuff is still going on. Yeah, it did not make your nightly forecast, but it's still your nightly broadcast. Excuse me, but it's still happening. It's still going on right now. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode today if we can. All right. Your coach got a question for you. Are you fulfilling your human responsibility? Do you even know what that is? are you fulfilling your human responsibility I wanted to talk about this is on my heart this week and I wanted to share with all of you guys I'm really hoping that we are able to hear some powerful testimonials hear some great stories from you guys on some areas that you've changed the way you thought you've been courageous you stepped up did some things that you never thought you would do things you were thinking about but too afraid to do, worried about the backlash, worried about what people might think about you. I'm excited in advance to hear all of those things, and I hope this podcast encourages you and inspires you guys to take that step, whatever that step may be, whatever that effort may be, whatever that act of courage, an act of kindness may be. Hope you don't mind sharing it with us on our social media platform and let us know what you did. And maybe you might inspire somebody else to do the same. That's my question for you right now. Are you fulfilling your human responsibility? Do you even know what that is? The homeless situation that is happening in our country, not in the third world nation, I'm talking about in our country. It's, it's something that I, That affects me personally for a couple of different reasons that we'll talk about as we go through this episode together today. But I know that even with the pandemic, we saw a a heightened emphasis on statistics, people arguing about numbers, people going back and forth about percentage points. How many people have died from COVID? It's only a percentage point. So that means that COVID is not as valid as people are saying are it is. This is the kind of thing that we, we were hearing, especially at the height of the pandemic. About six months or so ago. If you are the kind of person that is comforted by that kind of statistic. Of a percentage point, you know, I really feel sorry for you today. I'd love for you to reach out on our social media platform. Explain to me who is expendable and who's not. Talk to me. I want to hear from you. No judgment. I just want to just hear your thoughts. Explain to me how that percentage point is okay. If your loved one was part of that percentage point, would you still feel the same way? There's is another stat that says seventeen out of every ten thousand people in this country are without homes. Now, all lives should be important in the human experience. So, in my mind, one and one make two. Two and two make four. That point seventeen percent to all of us. It should be unacceptable. We should not be happy with that amount. We should want zero if it's possible. The state that I live in currently has an 11.7% rate the last time I checked. It's about 4,200 people or a little bit less. Would you believe me if I told you that many students in college right now, about 12,400 of them are homeless? Would you believe me? Now, I don't know if their parents know about this or not. I'm taking a shot in the dark and thinking their parents don't have any idea that they're living in shelters or they're living in their car. 12,426 students on last check. In college, trying to get a degree so they can get a good job and get a house. Do you care about any of this? Does this move the needle for you whatsoever? I'm asking this stuff because at the end of the day, we're talking about the world outside your window. We're talking about fulfilling our human responsibilities. Yeah, you go to work and work a nine to five, perhaps. But what's your responsibility? As a member of the human race. Many of you may wonder why I even care about this. Well, the reason why is because I was homeless. I was homeless on two occasions that I don't mind discussing in brief detail today with you guys. I ain't going to bore you with the details. There's some things I will have to leave out because they are of a personal nature and they affect other people. And I want to try to respect and protect that. So much of my family is going to be shocked. They may even desire to send me messages. Please don't do that. I just want you to listen today. Listen to your coach's heart today. Excuse me We were living in another city And we had an unforeseen event That happened to us We did deplete all of our on hand funds There was not a job Available for me right at that moment I was looking but I couldn't find it At the same time we were part of a mega church At the time we were serving there We were consistent In our giving, in our faithfulness in, In helping And being a part of the community And we essentially were homeless. There was a lot of extenuating circumstances, but at that point, we didn't have a place to go. Uh, my wife was talking to one of our fellow church mates, used to be on the choir with me at the time at this church, and she found out about our situation. Offered to let us stay with her. I got to emphasize that she offered to let us stay with her. We didn't guilt her into it. We didn't ask her to do anything outside of what she wanted to do. She, using her own words, she made a vow and said, you can stay with us. She extended herself to us. That's very important. We said yes to that. We didn't have a home, so our options were limited. But long story short, we discovered within the first week or so that this person who we've gone to church with did uh, functions with, uh, feeding the homeless, back-to-school bashes with. She had a particular lifestyle. That we weren't aware of I was sleeping on her living room floor Cramped her style Severely And she reacted in a way that we didn't expect She wanted us to leave And do so right away We asked her Almost begged her Can we have a week to get situated To kind of get ourselves together And and try to find an alternate uh, Place to stay she yelled at us. She was pretty aggressive. We were cramping her style and, and making her look bad in front of the people that she was entertaining. She wanted us out tomorrow. So we hit the streets in our vehicle, which is going to be our house where we would sleep. Where we, where we would eat and where we would live in that vehicle. Uh, long story short, we did bite the bullet and ask the local ministry for some assistance. A friend of mine that I was serving with for a while Offered us a little bit of help I can't say it was without uh, Grudgery But just to be honest That's, that's kind of what happened I think when you're in situations Like the one that we were in And many people who are in Longer Homelessness type of situations They may feel Some of the same things that we felt In that short period But we find that people who start to look down on you People who know you people who were your friends when you fall on hard times they look at you like you got a plague or something they look at you like there's something wrong with you i i, I was it was surpri- it was surprising and it was sobering to see that we were in another situation where we were homeless uh quite a few years later i would probably say maybe 7 years 8 years later we were in the city that we're in now. We were living in an apartment. and We would have family visit us so people would know that, you know, we were parents and grandparents and we were pretty tied into the community, you know. had a neighbor above us that. I guess he was trying to be an amateur meth cooker. He burned down his apartment. But what he did in the process, by that decision, whether he realized it or not, but he put seven other families out on the street. So we were all in a place where our homes weren't livable. We weren't smoking or cooking meth, but we couldn't live where we were. If it wasn't for a stranger that knocked on our door early that Sunday morning and said, fire, fire, get out, fire. We may not have been here to tell a story. Who knows what could have happened? We didn't have time to prepare. We didn't know what was going to happen. But our lives were spared. Now, when you hear somebody say that how they live their life doesn't affect you and it's their choice and it's their business, feel free to share this story or direct them to me. I'd be glad to talk to them about that idea. Somebody else's actions directly affected us. Seven families who no longer had a home. So that was our second encounter with being homeless and being out on the street. Remember earlier when I was talking to you about the sounds of domestic violence and hearing those cries? While we were in this particular apartment, we would hear it most nights. One of our neighbors being beaten. She was getting slapped around point blank. We did get to know a little bit about her. We kind of just wanted to connect with her and maybe somehow offer support and help in whatever way we could. If you ever been involved with or have any knowledge of domestic violence, you know, that that's not always as easy as it sounds. There's a lot of factors, a lot of legalities. But she was an attorney, really nice lady. But she was getting beat on most nights. And we could hear it coming through the walls. When that fire burned down and destroyed most of our homes, you got seven families, college students who don't know what they're going to do. Elderly couples who lost all their mementos, all of their important paperwork. Standing out in the road in shock, fearful, crying, unsure of what the future holds. Looking up at the sky and just watching, not just the smoke, but some people's hopes and dreams going up in smoke as well. It's a really sobering, humbling experience to wonder how are you going to eat? Where your next meal is going to come from? Where are you going to live now? The apartment complex and the Red Cross were involved to a small degree. Not as much as I would have liked for for all these families. But that's neither here nor there. We stood out in that cold with blankets over us. Most of us not really fully dressed because we got out of the apartments in such a panic. With such haste. Some of us didn't even have shoes on. Trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And the only person that came over to us... To reach out to us To ask us You know If we're okay Did everybody get out safe Was the one person Who was getting beat on Most nights That attorney She reached out And connected to us And we connected with her I don't know about you But I'm asking myself The same question I asked you Are you fulfilling Your human responsibility Do you even know What that is do you care enough to find out? I know time and chance happen to us all. I'm not sitting here calling myself the utmost advocate for homelessness because I'm not. But if you care at all about the issue, I'm asking you to do something today. Look up the name Constance Woodson. Then look up Benny Kaffer Then look up Little John Ruiz. If my story didn't move the needle for you whatsoever, look up Constance Woodson and Benny Hoffa and John Ruiz. Those are just three examples. If my story didn't move the needle for you whatsoever, that's just three examples. And out there along with them, there's a Camilla and a James and a Diane and a Harrison out there. They're not too lazy to get a job. It's not that they don't want government to do everything for them. It's not it's none of that. They just need somebody to care. If you ever had to put on their shoes, even for 24 hours or 48 hours like we did, I promise you, I promise you today, if you ever had to do it even a little bit, you would not enjoy the fit. Hey guys, just a quick note. They called me Mr. You and one of our faithful partners, Bluehosts, having a Black Friday deal for all those who ex- aspire to have their own business and launch their own business website. Well, launching your own business website has never been easier than it is right now. Go onto our website, the forward slash recommendations. You can have your own website, a quality website already hosted and built for $3.95 a month. This offer expires on November the 30th at 11.59 p.m. So you, you want to get in as quick as you can. Promote your own business. Show your talents and skills. Maybe inspire somebody else as well. For only $3.95 a month through Bluehost. They call me mru.com forward slash recommendations. Check out my tracking link there and you can get started. I love my website. I think you love yours too. So, what do you think? Are you fulfilling your human responsibility? There's a world outside your window, man. There's more that's going on that's more than just about what's going on with you and what's happening with you. I got a question for you today that I think we need to think about along with fulfilling our human responsibilities. I know a few couple, well, a couple of episodes ago, we discussed friendship. And we talked about that in detail, but... How many enemies do you have? So if I ask you about your friends. you say, oh yeah, my friends, Becca, Amy, Mike, Johnny. You can name all your friends pretty easily. Might take more than two hands to name all your friends. But how many enemies do you have? Why is that important? Well, it may indicate if you're living a life worth living or not. We'll get into that a little bit. Hopefully it make more sense before the episode's over. But an old mentor told me, you can't conquer what you refuse to confront. I guess in similar ways, you can't rebuke a devil, you keep giving your house keys too. Make sense? See, I talk about social media a lot because it seems to be the hotbed for a lot of the things that we're challenged with, or at least it exposes the things that we're challenged with. It's becoming a twisted game of hide and go seek. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and we say hide and go seek. You guys say hide and seek where you're from. No judgment, but we say hide and go seek. But social media has become a twisted game of hide and go seek. We come out when it's safe. We post about puppies and rainbows and heart emojis. But when the environment is tense, when there's a cry out for justice, a cry to really do something besides posting posts like, share this, I bet that most of you will not. Or a post like, don't break this chain, send it to 10 people. We hide in the shadows until the coast is clear. Is that human responsibility? Is that taking ownership? So we can't blame the pandemic on this one. We can't get off that easy. I think we were cowards long before this past March. I think the pandemic and the cries for social justice just exposed what was already going on was already at the root of what we live with and deal with and experience every day. The pandemic just exposed it. It's just like a house that's shoddily built. The rainstorm comes through, blows that house down. Everybody saying, man, that storm was rough. That storm was strong. It blew the house down. But it actually exposed how the house was built and how well it was built, how sturdy it was or was not. The pandemic does the same thing. It exposed what's been going on under the surface for a long time, longer than most of us have been here. We can't blame the pandemic for this one. I think we've been cowards for a long time. I think it's time to change that. See, most of us remember Adam who we know to be the original man. Whether you agree with that or not, that's your call. But my podcast, my story. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 to 10, you know him to be one of two people who broke a rule. Who listened to bad advice and got connected with something and someone that caused them to lose out on their inheritance. Excuse me. In that account, after Adam had broke the rule and ate the forbidden fruit, so to speak, he hid himself. He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. He felt guilt. He hid himself. And here's my question to you. Was Adam hiding because he didn't want to be seen? Or was he hiding because he didn't want to see? See, in my opinion, either way, Adam was operating in shame and guilt. But I honestly believe that looking at the issue face to face, looking at God, the rule giver, whose rule he broke. That was more painful for him than just to say, I made a mistake here. That was the reason that he hid himself. Looking at the one he failed to honor was more unbearable The result of his mistakes Do You remember those commercials That come on at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning I don't see them much now because of my My my, my schedule but They'll come on 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning And it'd be those feed the world Commercials or infomercials I should say With those children With No Their bodies are just Literally almost skin and bones only. They have no meat on their bones. They are like almost skeletons. Little children who should be able to walk that they can't stand because they've been so hungry and been so hungry for so long. You know, it's so easy to look away and turn the channel to something else because we don't want to see it. I've done that just to be really transparent. It's hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to look at. Some of you guys may feel the same way about the commercial with the dogs that have been abused. The background music doesn't help. But it's hard to listen to. It's hard to watch. I believe that when we see issues like that, we look away too. We close our eyes. There's a collective closing of the eyes. A collective plugging of the ears. We don't want to see it. The reason why the world outside your window was born on Maritime with Mr. You was because I want to encourage us to see Adam hid because he didn't want to see God. See the, the one who he dishonored, the one who he hurt, the one who he betrayed. He didn't want to see it. So he hid himself. That's what my and your social media has become. That's what our social media experience collectively has become. We hide from having to face the issues. Hours of mindless banter and pointless debates while we avoid the issue. What is our role? What part do we play? What are we going to do about this? Why don't we care like we should? It's becoming so hard, apparently, to look at ourselves and ask the tough questions. Most posts are pretty predictable. We want our friends online to tell us that we're pretty. And that they like our ripped jeans and our new hairdo and our new shoes with diamonds in it. We want comfort instead of solutions. We want instant gratification instead of the unconditional kick in the pants that we need to get back in the game. We just simply refuse to stand up. We gloss over the things that are the real issue. Sometimes those issues come off of the page come off of the timeline and then right there in your mirror. Do you mind seeing it? Are you courageous enough to look at it and say, this has to be fixed. This has to change. I think we fall in love with the mob mentality. It's so easy to throw a stone from within a crowd. It's easy to pile on when everybody else is critiquing someone. We just want to be down, right? We just want to be in the club. We just want everybody to be our friend. That's really faulty thinking for a lot of different reasons. But for me, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's the things that I've experienced in life. I really care about the quality of the life that I'm living. Not the quantity within it. I'm talking about the quality of the life that I'm living. The quality of the example that I set. The quality of the legacy that I leave behind. There's a poem that I absolutely love by Charles Mackay. It's incredible. It was written in 1915, well before my time and your time probably. It's a call to social protest and a cry for justice. I want you guys to listen to this well, okay? It's called No Enemies. I may use a little bit of a dramatic voice because, hey, I can't help it. So, goes like this. You have no enemies, you say. Alas, my friend, the boast is poor. He who has mingled in the fray of duty that the brave endure must have made foes if you have none. Small is the work that you have done. You've hit no traitor on the hip. You've dashed no cup from perjured lip. You've never turned the wrong to right. You've been a coward, in the fight. Man, that poem is incredible. Did you hear did you hear the the meat in that? Now the first thing that comes to your mind is how people are always hating on you because you keep it real. It is short-sighted and it is selfish. Yes, you are selfish. This really isn't all about you at all. This is not about how bad you got it and how much of a raw deal you got and how much of a hard knock life you got. I can give you a whole bunch of examples of people who have lost everything. You complaining about the something, they don't have nothing. If every interest, business plan, future goal, dream only serves you, then it's selfish. You are selfish. You are focused, focused fixated on yourself. You are self-feeder. You just wanted to feed yourself, not the interests of others. If you hit send on that post so that you can get somebody on your side in an argument, you're selfish. That's all. That's all there is to it. Point blank. You're just selfish. You want people to take your side and tell you how great you are. And how you have to be the right person in this argument because you're so sweet. You're so pretty. You're so kind and nice. This is not about you. I know people who want to do missions work and do charity work for nonprofits and want to check all the boxes for Jesus. Jesus. They're over in foreign countries, kissing all over the black and brown baby, taking pictures, selfies. Then they come back to the States and consider the rest of us thugs and animals, whether to be in jail or worse. You're selfish. And you're probably a bigot, too. See, there's no Jesus Christ in anything that you're doing with that. You can kiss all the black and brown babies you want. See, they can't hold you accountable. They can't look at you and see what we can see. They can't call you on your mess like we can. Let's move on. There's a quote that I love. There's a, love that, there's a, there's a quote that I love. From Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. The quote from Alexander Hamilton. He said, those who stand for nothing. Fall for anything. Those who stand for nothing. Fall for anything. So what do you stand for today? I know so many that will boast and say I stand for Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I'm an American. I stand for this country. I'm all about the planet Earth. Mother Earth. I'm one with the universe. May I propose a thought to you? If you feel any of those above ways and you say that that's what you stand for, I invite you to convince me that you can stand for any of those things that I just named and not love and have compassion for your fellow human beings with you in the human experience. There's a world outside your window, man. See, haters are going to hate. My question is, why do they hate you? You should have enemies. If you have no enemies and all you have is friends, I think Mr. Mackay said it best. You've been a coward in the fight. You've never turned the wrong to right. Small is the work that you've accomplished. Why do those haters hate on you? Do they hate you because you claim something you don't daily live? Are you like all those other hypocrites that they see all the time that say one thing and do another? Or do they hate you because you stand up and fight? And you refuse to lay down like so many others have. Do they hate you because you have endured the struggle and you continue to shine bright? You continue to stand up. You continue to be consistent and authentic. Or is the work you've done so small, nobody even notices you? Is that why your social media posts are so big and so loud and so boisterous? Because you want to be relevant? Because you want somebody to know your name? What kind of work are you attached to? How are you serving? What are you willing to sacrifice for the benefit of other people? I'm not saying go one down to, to the nearest soup kitchen and get to serving. I'm not saying knock on somebody's door while they're in the midst of a domestic violence situation. But we have a human responsibility. I'm not telling you how to address that. It's different in different situations for different people. I just want you to care. I want to care and be inspired to think about that on a daily basis. When I get out of that bed by God's grace and when I lay back down in it by God's grace at night, I want to know that I've fulfilled my human responsibility. I've fulfilled My obligation to serve. To be blessed to be a blessing. To help others. To be a voice where maybe others are voiceless. To give out of our abundance to those that have so little. And need so much. Adam. Where are you? Adam. Adam. Where are you? If you have enemies all around you right now because you refuse to compromise and you are not afraid to stand, even in the midst of having to stand alone, and you want your fellow human beings to have what you want for yourself, perhaps you are living a life worth living. And maybe you're not a coward in the fight. Here's a friend of mine who had this incredible quote. I can't say who to attribute it to, but I love it. And it says, observe the masses and do the opposite. (laughs) I love that. Observe the masses and do the opposite. Just one quick programming note. Due to the Thanksgiving holiday, next week's episode will likely be on Wednesday, November 25th. Now, that's for those who have not subscribed to our podcast yet. I don't know what's wrong with you. Subscribe to They Call Me Mr. You, please. You won't regret it. But if you haven't already subscribed, you'll get a heads up when that episode drops. Now, just because of the holiday. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, by the way. Don't hurt yourself out there. Guys, thank you so much for all your support on our social media platforms, in our Mirror time community on Facebook. Please join. Please get involved. Ask questions. Okay, I'll talk to y'all. Ask them. I'm ready to do my best to answer those. So, Thank you for all the support. Thank you for watching all of our videos, subscribing to our podcasts, commenting on our blog, checking out our content, everything you do, it makes a difference. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for thinking about your human responsibility. Thank you for thinking about living a life worth living. Thank you for looking at that world outside your window. Time to step up. Get your helmet on, get them pads on, strap up. Get back in that game. I'm your coach and your host. Mr. U. Coach out.